Okay, Rabbi Zai. We're going to try to be Makasha the Pausha with the Indian of Hanukkah. Chlal, this Pausha always comes out in this in these weeks. Hanukkah overlaps with Pausha's Miketz. There's all kinds of Muslim in the Pausha itself. Psukim and different Gematrios and Roshis and Roshim. But I want to just talk more conceptual and really just focus on the beginning of the Pausha with the Chaloimus. The Pausha begins with Pari having a dream. Pari Chalim. And in that dream, there's a projection for the future of Mitzrayim, really for the future of the world. Because this economic situation wasn't just negated to Mitzrayim, the whole world was in the matzav of Rav. And that's really, this was a tremendous boost to the economy in Mitzrayim. So, Pari has this dream, and Epis, the way the Hashgacha has it is that Yosef is the one to be Mephasha this dream. Yosef is the one to be Mavara this dream. That also was Torahian. The fact that this was two years, that we know already from the Medrash, that there was a Cheshman, some kind of Taina that Yosef put his trust in the Saramashke. But the fact that Yosef, the Rebbe has many ways to get Yosef out of, out of prison. The fact that the choice that the Abishta gave was this one, where Yosef becomes the interpreter of the dream and becomes the Melech Mitzrayim. I mean, all of this. Now, of course, we know that this was Latavis Yisrael. We understand that. But that alone, that the Hashgocha chose that this is the way it should be, that that, that the Yeshua Yisrael should be in the goals through Yosef, and it should be through the dreams. And Yosef should be the interpreter and ultimately the vice president, the Mishnah Melech, and everything that was nostalgical afterwards, there has to be a cheshman for us to learn what's behind this. And I feel that it all lies, Mamish, in a couple of words. And with this we could tie in also the, to the Indian of Hanukkah. A couple of words in the parasha is not really what's there, it's what's missing. The Torah goes into detail of the dream of Pari. How many Shibolim, how many of these stalks he saw going up from the from the water, from the Nile. How many cows. And it, it's very descriptive. And the number of cows and how they looked, how they looked before, how they looked after. But there's one thing missing. When it talks about the seven cows that were thin and weak, it doesn't mention that there were seven of them when they actually swallowed the porous. 
It just says, Vativlano Hapores Oroes. Eisheva Hapores Abriyas. The same thing by the Shibola. Meaning the Torah all of a sudden drops the number when it's talking about the really the punchline of the dream. When the hunger kicks in, those seven years of hunger, all of a sudden the number gets dropped. And that's critical. That's like a critical piece of this whole puzzle. So it's very strange. There has to be a chesu. And the parashonim will aim it on it. And I think that the answer to that question really is what captures a, a, a yesoid godel of what's going on in the parasha and equally a yesoid godel of what, what Yosef, what Yosef's mission was and also what we learn from the whole mice of Hanukkah. We go to the mice of Hanukkah. So, what stands out, number one, is the super focus on the menorah. We are like, you know, completely focused on the menorah itself when the menorah seems to be a sideshow. When we read in Alanisim, it makes much more sense. In Alanisim, we don't even talk really about the nace of the menorah. We mention that they were madlik neiris pachatzris kotrecha. We mention the fact that they lit the menorah. But it's unclear in Alanisim even what the miracle was with the neiris. It doesn't really say. On the other hand, the Alanisim really elaborates. And it makes sense. The Mulchama. The Rabbin Biyad Mahatim, the Tmein Biyad So clearly when we're talking about the story, the significant part of the story is clearly the Mulchom. And that can be viewed by the Alanisim. Which Chazal was Mesakit. Every word in the Alanisim was Mesukin by Chazal. So from the, you don't need to go any further. Just look at the words of Chazal and you see that when we describe the story of Hanukkah, the story is be'ikar than Yitzchakana Muhammad. That's the story. Still in all, that being said, we commemorate, we commemorate that story. We commemorate that victory and everything that Hanukkah represents in the Menorah. And that's why in the Alanisim, we don't talk so much about the story about the Menorah, or at, in fact, we don't talk about it at all. But we do mention because in fact, that is some kind of a punchline. It's not the theme of the story, but it's the punchline. And maybe the way to put it is, it's what the story is really about. It's what the story is really for. So this is what we have to understand. So that's that's like the, the elephant in the room. Every time you go through Hanukkah, that's the big question. And then, of course, you have all the little questions that are really the outbirth of the menorah question itself. It just makes the menorah question more puzzling. The mitzvah of the menorah wasn't even critical. Azar could light it. It wasn't a real avoidah. Had local avoidah. You could have used tummy oil. Meaning, then you start nitpicking on the menorah itself and it becomes even more puzzling because the whole nace was sort of 
unnecessary from an avoider standpoint. That also needs to have clarity. You know, Makorekan, what is going on? And then, of course, let's call it phase three of this whole picture, and that is the Mahadran piece, which is also very puzzling, very difficult. There's many different questions to go into in that regard. But we'll just leave it as a as an open question as to why does this Yom Tif have such a tremendous emphasis on Hidr, which goes way beyond what Hidr normally is. Normally Hidr is subjective. And the person decides there, there isn't an objective hither. You know, I mean, there are mitzvahs that we find that maybe hither can actually translate the mitzvah itself, where it's not really hither, for instance, by an esrik. You need a pre hodor, and if you take an esrik that actually has certain type of blemishes, that's not a problem in Mahadran. You're not going to the mitzvah altogether. So that's a different, that's a different type of hither. It's also unique. But that Hidur is really more of a description rather than a mitzvah for you to be mahadah. It's a description of what the Torah requires in the Esrik. But Hanukkah stands out as this unique mitzvah that has a mahadran that's sort of built into it. It's not obligatory. You could be Yitzah with the Iker now. But clearly sanctioned by Chazal is that one should be a Mahada. And then there's a Mahada min Mahada, and then there's all kinds of complications, whether these are different layers that you should try to capture all of them, or there are different tracks where you can either do Mahadra and you can either go ahead and have everybody have their own light, or you can go up based on the amount of days. So these are all complexities in Allah and different ways to understand them. Machloikis Rishonim, Machloikis Achroinim, Harbinoyek. But Vinisht V, it's clear that this, this hitter is so different. You make a brook on this hitter. The Avi Abayis, the father makes a brook on his menorah. Then each boy lights his menorah, makes his own adloka. And this has been intriguing to many Yachroinim, this concept of making a brach on Hidu, to the degree that the Reb Kivahegar, because of this problem, has a whole different understanding of what Mahadran may be, may actually mean that you shouldn't be Yitzhah with the Balabais. So it's not like the family as a, un, as, a un, as a union are contributing to the Mahadran. It's the other way around. The family is sort of branching out and they're separating from each other to some degree and they're being Yaitza Mahadran that way by not by actually not being Yaitza with the with Avi Abayas, the Balabais. But again, these are all Pratam, these are all specifics. But how do we understand the whole concept of Mahadran Bechanik? Why? Why is this Yom Tif 
And this mitzvah is so different than all others. Okay. The idea perhaps could be answered very simple. I had a, this week a get-together with some of the Hevrei Kolelayla. And we went into some questions about Hanukkah. And I shared with them an idea which I really gleaned from the Maral and others, and other G'dayli Bali Machshoven. And that is that clearly the menorah was something unique. The menorah wasn't just a kli that gave light. The menorah represented a chinuch. The menorah represented a schatshus. The, the menorah represented the renewal of the day, of the, of the new day, of the incoming day of Avodah. And this idea, although it's found in the Achroinim, it's really Merumas and Chazal, because we know that the menorah is the only kli that stands out by the Chinuch HaMikdosh. After the Chanukah Sanasim, we have Baaloyscha, Parashas Baaloyscha, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Aaron that this is your replacement to the Chanukah that the Nesim had, that Aaron HaKoyen felt he was missing, his Shevet, his specific Shevet HaKoyanim, they were excluded, they didn't. They weren't part of the Chanukah Sanasim. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him, don't worry, Sholcho Godol Mishelohem. You have this greater mitzvah of, of the menorah. Now it's clear that Aaron HaKoyen's pain if you look in Chazal, he wanted to be part of this renewal. The Nesim, they renewed and, and dedicated the Mishkan. And that's what he felt he was missing. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu for that unveiled this mitzvah of Menorah as not just a substitute, but as a mitzvah that overshadows. It overshadows even the actual Chanukah of the Nesim. What I'm trying to say is that intrinsically in this Chazal you see already that the menorah is, 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 is a dedication on its own. And therefore, this could go even beyond the concept that the Ramban says that it's talking about the Chanukah Sanasim. Rashi doesn't learn that way. I'm talking according to Rashi. You don't have to come on to the Chanukah of the Chashmanayim. Of the because really, every day is a Chanukah. And that was HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Nechoma's consolation to Aaron HaKoyah. It also goes so beautifully with the vort that all the Achroinim say that when Aaron HaKoyah lit the menorah, the Torah testifies, Vayas Kain Aaron. Aaron did. He, did. he did it this way. He did it the way Moshe told him. And Rashi says, Malamit Shvachai we praise Aaron that he didn't deviate. So everybody asks, that's a big praise that Aaron HaKoyim didn't deviate from the mitzvah. Which Jew deviates from the mitzvah's menorah that they have in their own home? Which is a mitzvah Rabbonah, and it's not an avoider. Aaron HaKoyim should deviate from the avoider in the base of English. That's how we praise Aaron HaKoyim. So, the most famous answer is that Aaron HaKoyim did it with the same his chachas, with the same renewal, with the same inspiration as he did it the first time. According to what we are saying, why did the Torah bring this out by this menorah more 
than all of the other Avoidists that Aaron Akain did? And the answer would be exactly as we're saying. This is a Hanukkah. It's very hard for somebody to do an Avoidist that they do every single day and feel like that that's a Hanukkah. That's a renewal. You know, you did it yesterday, you did it the day before, you did it 10 years ago. You've been doing it every day. It's what I always tell about Mitzvah Bach. When he puts on film, I always tell them, the challenge is to try to feel a little bit of what you feel today. The first day a boy puts on film, it's, it's something you can't even describe how the boy feels, the parents. It's a certain feeling. I always tell the boy, so that's what I heard when I took my children to Eretz Yisrael, I took one of my sons to Remechel Yehuda Zechat Tzadik Levroch. And that's what he told him. You should feel what you feel today. And I told my son, you know, even to feel a little bit of what you feel today for the rest of your life would be special. That was the godless of Aaron Akur. So here's where everything, I think everything perhaps kicks in. The morale explains in detail that there are two elements to the world we know. There's chidush, there's renewal. Renewal is, you know, you see it when a season renews, and that's why we make a bracha. We make a bracha when the trees blossom, because we get inspired when we see the world is renewing itself. And then there's renewal in Anhoga in the world, and that could be described best when we see miracles. You see a miracle. There's a renewal. It's very hard every morning when you see the sun come up to go and dance in the streets. That the Rabbanu Shalom is Yoytzer Amoyeres. That the Rabbanu Shalom is... Now, we should really. We should do that. But it's hard. It's difficult. The, the Nais, we say hallow when the Nais happens because we see the Chidush. We see the renewal. The morale explains that renewal is really the essence of creation. The Rabbani Shalom is mechadish betuvay b'chol yom tomet. There's always renewal. But there's a mask. There's, there's like a darkness that envelopes the Bria that we manage to go through day to day and not see the, the nisim of the Rabbani Shalom. But the essence, the essence of the Bria, even though we say, what that really means is, from a perceptive state, we don't see anything new. It looks, everything looks like it's just going. But in fact, it's not. And like I said, every now and then, we get a we go, oh, we see the Rabbi Shalom, we see a renewal. We see something's happening. Says the Maral, but Torah, which reflects the truth, Torah, which reflects a fantasy, purity, what's real, in Torah you see renewal every day. That's why it says Torah is the very Torah Every day Torah is a renewal. In Torah we see something new every day. Because it's reflective of really the reality that the Rabbani Shalom has in the Bria. That's, that's what the Maral says. 
the truth is that that idea really goes beautifully with a, a raivad in Meseches Tomit, where he brings out a question. Why is it that there were so many miracles surrounding the menorah? The Neymar every day, there was an Eidush HaShchina Yisrael. The menorah was like a kli that symbolized miracles. Why? Why did the menorah symbolize? He even talks about other miracles that happened. Mul And he goes on to say the, the, the Raivad. He says that the reason for that is because the menorah reflects Torah. He doesn't explain that why that is, but according to the Maral, Torah in essence is Ness. Torah is Ness. Could be that's the Pshat and the Gemorrah. If somebody has somebody that's ill, he has a Choyle in his home. A Choyle is somebody, we're talking obviously somebody who needs a, who needs a dramatic change. We're not talking about somebody has a little, he's under the weather. Says Yelech Etzel Chacham, go to a Chacham. Why go to the Chacham? Because the Chacham, who is the pillar of Torah, there that there lies the pillar of his Chachas, of renewal, and that's why you go to the Chacham. Could explain why the whole creation of the Kli of the Menorah was based on miracles. Moshe couldn't make it, he threw it into the fire, it came out. Everything was miraculous about the menorah. Even its very creation was miraculous. Because it reflects the Torah. And this explains why we don't look normally to boast miracles. The, the, the Sefer HaChinuch says the reason why we put fire on the Mizbech, even though fire comes down from Shemayim, the Sefer HaChinuch says, Kedei lahastir esanes. Literally means, to hide the miracle. How do we fit that with the Pesuminisa of the Menorah? But according to this idea, it's very simple. Because the world is Taka Oilam Anisto. The world, everything is in hiding. Ain't Chadosh Tachas Hashemesh. But when it comes to Torah, there the miracles could be Begilu. And therefore, there there's a din of Pesuminisa to publicize it. With this, we can understand what's going on. Klai in the Golos by nature cannot survive. If we look at things normally, we can't survive. That's not, that's not me saying. That's what Chazal say. Chazal say the greatness of the Anshay Knesset Agdela is that they identified that there's more greatness going on in the Golos than there is when we're by the base of English. Sep Zura, if you have a sheep surrounded by 70 wolves and it survives, that is the greatest miracle. When you look at Eretz Yisrael, the dot on the map surrounded by vast countries and enemies millions, hundreds of millions of enemies and they stand up that's the greatest miracle Chazal say that's why the that's why they called Gedela because they brought back the awareness of the greatness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the goals but our existence in the goals really needs miracles 
It is miraculous. We forget about that too. We take that for granted. But that is miraculous. Unfortunately, lately, where we see the hatred out there in the streets, sometimes we could forget. But the Goyim are doing a good, good job at reminding us how much hatred there is out there. Maybe reminds us what a great miracle we have. Chaim Kul Chamayoyim that we are here and Klai Yisrael are thriving. The godless of Klai Yisrael that tells us the greatest the greatest is in the Bria. For that we need Torah. Torah is our survival because Torah is the source of Chiddush. Torah is the source of renewal. That's what it's all about. So when we went down to Mitzrayim, before we were possible, before it was possible for us to go down and to survive the Golos of Mitzrayim and all the future Golios that were going to be till Adayom we have to understand one thing clearly, and that is that is ultimately the Torah that's going to give us the Chidush to survive in the Bria. And that's the reason why Yosef was the one who went down. Because Yosef was the Ben Zakunim of Yaakov Avinu. Yosef was the chosen son to lead us in the Derech HaTorah in the Golos. Rashi says in the last parashah, Ben Zakunim, he gave Yosef over all Baruch Hakim, like the Targum says in Rashi says, whatever he learned in Shem Ve'ever. Yosef had a leadership role a spiritual leadership role, which it was that role that was necessary for us to understand, will sustain us in the Golos. Will give us the Chidush, the nest to survive in the Golos. And for that reason, Yosef was the one who went down first. And Yosef is the one who actually created the whole economy in Mitzrayim. And it was also through Torah, like Yosef says in this week's parash. It came from his spiritual side. And Yosef becomes the Mishlom Yosef He becomes the sustainer. So that we should understand that this is what everything is riding on. So important was this message that when Yaakov Avinu, the Sarah Torah himself, the pillar of the generation, came down to Mitzrayim, the hunger stopped. The actual hunger ceased. It never came to conclusion. After the second year of hunger, when Yaakov came down to Mitzrayim, Chazal teaches us that the Nile started coming back up, started irrigating. It could be there was still a hunger in the rest of the in the rest of the world. But there was a dramatic change. Why was that? Further to show us that Torah will be our sustenance in the goals. That's how we will survive. To the degree that when the Sarah Torah comes down, everything changes. Everything, everything changes. Everything is renewed. And therefore the dream itself had a remez, had a hint in the dream. 
as the, the Talmud Chochem, Yosef, is the one who translates the dream, the dream itself had within it within itself that the seven years were actually hiding. It just says the sin cows. Because it didn't end up being seven years. It was totally in the Sarah Torah who came down and actually changed the plan of the Bria. The Ein Chodesh Tachas Hashemesh. By Yaakov coming down, everything changed. That's the that's the beauty. That's the glory of the Sarah Torah. When he came to Golos, everything changed. Now when we put our focus back, Mamish, this one pasuk in the Pasha, which I feel is, is a game changer. It explains the whole miracle of Hanukkah. That the miracle of Hanukkah was unique. That it was done in order to sustain the Torah. And that's why we make such an ordeal. Not like we do on Purim. We make an ordeal in al Even though theoretically both of these miracles happened with Sadiqim. Mordechai and Esther. And Chashmanoi Ubanov. But if you look at al It's clear that it's the Tameyim biyat Tahorim, Rishon biyat Sadiqim, Vizaydim biyat Oiske Sarasecho. We, we underscore what this fight was about because it was the Torah that created this Chiddush, this miracle. Because it was a battle for Torah. And that was the victory. Because the battle was a battle for Torah. The victory was a victory for Torah. And therefore the miracle was almost, was almost predetermined. The miracle of Hanukkah. Which perhaps could also explain why the Bechor Shor brings down in the Ramor that if somebody forgot to say Al-Anisim, he should say Al-Rachamon, Hu Yasalon There's a Nusuch you say if you forgot to say Al-Anisim. It's not Ma'akav, Yehitzah benching without it. But you should insert Al-Rachamon, which the Ramor brings down. And the Bechor Shor asks, what do you mean? How do you, how do you ask for a miracle on Hanukkah? You're not allowed to ask for miracles. And the answer is, this is not Nisim, this is the Chidush HaTorah. And for Chidush HaTorah, you can always daven. And that's the reason why the entire miracle is symbolic in the menorah. Because it's the menorah that we were really fighting for. That's what the victory was all about. And that's why everything is embodied in the lighting of the menorah. And since we know that the only way for something to be a dover shal kayoma, and especially by Torah, it's only if we ourselves are Mechadish, ourselves, we get inspired for Torah. We, we are inspired by it. The Harev no Hashem Elokeinu is the Vesaros, Tal explains that the, the Torah requires our own renewal. So the Torah needs our own 
inspiration and renewal. And then the Torah gives us back that renewal and all the miracles that happen from that. So therefore it's understood that the Chinuch that we have on Hanukkah, we must show our inspiration, we must show our own Ischachos in the midst. And that's why the Mahadrin becomes an integral part of the Yom Tov. May we all be Zoyichetake to use Hanukkah as an inspirational for ourselves. That we should have a year of renewal in all of our Avodos Hashem. The Rabbani Shalom should give us Siata Deshmai and Brocha. That we should be able to see all the Nisim Beniflois that HaKadosh Baruch will do for Klal Yisrael. And Taka, the true aromas HaKeren HaTorah and aromas HaKeren Yisrael. And we should Taka B'Zoyche to see B'Yachat, the Oiris of the Menorah, to see the lights of the Menorah be lit Taka in the base HaMikdosh. And it should be our Chodosh Al-Tzir Yitroyah, V'Nizkei Chulonu Yachat Mehego Al-Yoy